Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. Nice, slow week for me. Mm-hmm. And the game, evidently. Fire Emblem Heroes. We're, we're in a one of those pocket weeks where it's uh, we're in between content. Um, we actually have a new banner that's going to be starting probably the day this show goes live. Uh, so we'll have a full rundown of those heroes next week. As of recording, the new banner should start in about, uh, let's see, it's about 8 o'clock, 6 hours to, sorry, got to start. It's about 8 p.m., 6 hours to 2 a.m., so seven and a half hours should be live by then. Yeah. Yeah, so the Fallen banner has returned, but uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Let's go through the banners, although uh, also quiet on this front for both of us. Um, Hopefully everybody else at home maybe got some fun stuff from these banners, but the Weekly Revival 48 and 21 banner is running right now. A Season for Picnics Special Heroes Revival goes until the 11th. Mythic Heroes Medeus goes until the 11th. Year 1 through 5 CYL Hero Fest goes until the 12th. And Heroes with Menace skills goes until the 12th as well. Eddie, I see you didn't get much from summoning. I'm I'm in the same boat. Yeah, I haven't I haven't even hopped in and gotten most of my free summons. I'm actually half doing that as we chat right now. So and using up all the tickets from the uh, Golden Week stuff before they go away in a day or two. Hmm. Uh, okay. Well if you get anything, you let us know. Will do. <laughs> And on the other uh, fronts of nothing going on is the uh, calendar, as we mentioned last week, ends tomorrow with that new Fallen banner. So we don't even have anything for that. The only uh, update we have is um, Warim uh, is the Grand Hero Battle with the cal- with the Fallen Hero banner, and he will be launching on the 11th as a GHP. Right. And speaking of the new Fallen Heroes banner, we have the New Heroes preview, Beyond Control. The latest uh, round of Fallen Heroes appears while Gustav is less a Fallen Hero and brought straight from his later appearance in Book 3 of Faye. We'll take a moment to cover uh, when the other units fell in their games. For Ninian, during Elliewood's route, she gets kidnapped and mind-controlled by Nurgle, which after freeing her, she joins your army a little later. For Lilith, it was a bit harder to find, and I am not sure if this is where it comes from, but in the Hidden Truce Xenologue, Lilith is sent to kill Laszlo. Selena and Odin, uh, oh, that's, it's continuing. Selena and Odin, by her father, and her appearance here is an enemy unit, is where I am guessing they got the inspiration from. After further research, uh, there is a Scyther card that backs this up, as the quote on there looks to be connected to that story, and it's pretty much the fallen version of Lilith, so the card was the direct connection to the banner. Rhea is easy to explain and easy to miss, as like Edelgard from last year's banner is from the Azure Moon route of Three Houses. This year we see Rhea from the Crimson Flower route, where the betrayal she feels from Byleth siding with Edelgard turns her righteous anger at those who killed her family to madness. And I forgot to put in um, Warim, which was discussed in Discord, apparently in... Uh, the Path of Radiance, Radiant Dawn games, a villain tries to use a potion to turn him kind of rabid, essentially. And that's where his card comes from. So oh, Interesting. 
Uh, you know, it's funny looking at this banner. I do remember Ninian uh, from her game. Um, and then I also remember, obviously I remember Rhea because that, that was the first route I played for Three Houses. Yeah, the Lilith one confused me, um, and I'm glad you... So uh, kudos to Eddie for doing all the research for this one. Um, I, I'm, it, it's interesting to see this This kind of comes from a Xenolog. I didn't do any of the DLC, or was the Xenolog free? Am I wrong there? I don't remember if the Xenolog was free but it, or DLC, but um, the art and stuff comes probably more from a cipher card, Daughter of the Silent Dragon, Lilith. Mm-hmm. Uh, which more or less references what happens in that. Um, essentially, uh, Lilith's father or whatever. Um, it, it's all weird and confusing. But like, the evil dragon trying to destroy everything had a human ver- avatar who went rogue, I guess, against the evil dragon, mm-hmm. and that is where Corin comes from. And Lilith, I, I guess, is like half sibling to Corin, apparently. But like when uh, the human avatar summoned Odin, Selena, and Laszlo from the uh, Awakening world to help him, uh, the actual evil dragon sent Lilith after out to kill them. Is what the Xenolog chapter is about, apparently, from what I could read. And then um, things happen, and Lilith turns or doesn't want to follow the evil, you know dragon rulers rule it's all complicated you can look it up on the wiki to try and have someone explain it better but yeah it is complicated twisty Uh, that's hey that's fire emblem right and yes the cipher card it says my father thinks you're nothing but trouble you imposter and nankos so it's time for you to die okay and that's from the cipher card of the fallen lilith and that is very similar to what you know, is going on with her being sent to kill the human avatar, the quote unquote imposter version. Mm. So, well, I'll say this about the artwork for all the other characters. Uh, they all look fantastic. I will say though, uh, like we talked about in, in the, in the introduction of the segment, Gustav's, he, he kind of stands alone as like the, he's got the more muted colors of book three, um, where the only color that kind of stands out is is the red of his eyes and uh, and and the slight glow of his axe, but um, man, Rhea looks awesome. Uh, Lilith looks great. Ninian looks great. Um, but yeah, Gustav kind of stands out on his own. And um, on the banner, he's the only non dragon unit, right? Yep, Gustav's the only non dragon. Uh, if you count the ground here about a unit, that's also a non dragon. Yeah, but but even then he looks he's got a lot more, you know, vibrant colors similar to what we've seen from previous Fallen Banners, a lot of purple, a lot of reds. So uh, now is is uh, is Miriam uh, a Laguz? Did we talk? And you might have mentioned that. Warm is a Laguz from Path of Radiance, Radiant Dawn. Uh, he appears in both of them. I don't know exactly when the thing happened that uh, caused him. Uh, that nearly drove him rabid. Not sure. Well, uh, we'll uh, we'll definitely go over these characters in more detail next week, and maybe dive a little deeper uh, into their stories as we share their skills and what they're bringing to Fire Emblem Heroes. 
But uh, that is going to do it for our Fire Emblem Heroes segment. We weren't kidding. It'll be it was going to be short and sweet. Um, we'll have the new heroes in the game next week and we'll be able to talk about them. And I will note something special about uh, Gustav and Rhea in 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 their in-game art. The art for the portrait for Rhea has some kind of looks like she has purple flames, but in the in-game stuff. Uh, she does not have any purple flames like most fallen heroes usually do. And neither does Gustav, because his is different type of situation, as we recall from Book 3. Uh, Ninian doesn't have it, have it in her human form, but her dragon form does have the usual book uh, purple flames. And Lilith clearly has the purple flames, as we see in the uh, picture there. Yeah. Though I will note she has yellow eyes instead of the red eyes she has in her cipher card. Hmm. But... Well, we will talk about those heroes a little bit more uh, next week. But uh, we do have some game club to get to with more Fire Emblem Awakening. Quick update. update. Um, I did get a Brave Marth in some of my free summons, ticket summons. Oh, congrats. Wrong game, though. Wrong game. It, it, it had to be Awakening. Although I guess Marth is an Awakening. Hmm. Well, not this worth, but yes. No. <laughs> well, we are going to talk about uh, three more chapters this week, starting off with chapter 13, which uh, which Eddie's going to kick off with. Yes, uh, chapter 13 of Sacred Blood. A, the crew turns to Plegia for help in their new king, Valadar, who Crom and Robin recognize as the guy who tried to assassinate Emran and Ulysse, uh, but not being certain or able to prove it uh, is the same man. They don't say anything. Valadar agrees to provide ships and funding, but cannot provide the troops since they are still recovering from the previous war. Um, I forgot to write this down, but also introduces, I uh, forget who he was there. I uh, forget who he was, but it's a clone of Robin, pretty oh, much, or it looks like a clone of Henry. Robin. Henry. Huh? Isn't it Henry? Well, no, this is in the story stuff before the actual chapter. Oh, I got uh, talking When they're talking to Valadar, a verse is there with him, and he introduces him to someone else high up in their power like their oh uh, sorry their faith the guy who leads their faith because uh, they follow grima or something i don't remember and it seems to be an identical person to robin right on the way home valadar appears before robin claiming to be his father and that robin is destined to help grima whom valadar worships Krom shows up causing valadar to leave robin alone and the camp is suddenly attacked by risen who seem to have uh more of a drive than most risen to behind them. Uh, and this is when Henry shows up being all, well, Henry, there's no other way to describe him. Uh, after defeating the risen as the, uh, as they prepare to leave a random risen assassin pops up to kill Crom and is stopped by the mysterious woman. The party knows as Marth after saving his life, she reveals to Crom her true identity as his daughter proven, uh, by the brand in her eye, just like the infant uh, Lucina has back in Ulysse. Uh, now, for me, uh, because Sumia was the one who married Crom, uh, I had a bit of a funny little thing at the end of the chapter where um, Sumia is acting all jealous, thinking that Crom uh, is cheating on her with Lucina uh, until they convince her and she realizes that Lucina is actually her daughter, somehow come back from the future. So, yeah. Kind of funny. How did it work for you with Robin as the parent? It was a very similar scene uh, for when Robin uh, shows up. Probably, I can I can see just would be a 
swap of the models, maybe a little bit different dialogue, being different characters. But I wonder how that would work with. Um, in in my version, in my version, Robin was there when Lucina revealed herself. Oh, so was aware and helping Crom convince Sumia. Like not in the cutscene or anything, but it was like Robin was helping uh, Crom convince Sumia that not what he thinks is going or what she thinks is going on is not actually going on. So. Okay. Right. No, I could be misremembering it, but I'm pretty sure Robin, you know, he was there helping. Huh? Yeah. That wasn't the case uh, for me. It was just Crom and Lucina alone talking. Um, and, and Robin sort of pops up. This is after Crom. Crom is convinced that it's, that it's his daughter because of the, uh, the brand in her eye. Yep. So, and, and maybe it's, maybe Robin wasn't there, but Robin was 100% on Crom's side. Mm-hmm. Not doubting what was going on, not thinking something untoward was going on, you know. Whereas I guess in your version, Robin is doubting him because she thinks he's cheating on her. Yeah, there it, it did seem like that's what the game was was alluding to, uh, but they quickly move past it when uh, I think oh, Lucina yeah. and Crom are, are able to quickly convince uh, Robin, and I'm guessing Sumia as well. But um, I I did want to know one thing about this, like. There's a very interesting shot where they're showing the brand in in Lucina's eye where they almost they zoom in and it looks as though they've they've taken a real uh, a photo of a person's eye and and kind of photoshopped the exalt. It just looked it looked like almost like pseudo realistic as opposed to the anime style cutscenes we've been getting. Um, Did you notice that as well? Or am I just like, was I looking into it too Um, much? I mean, situations like that it can i I don't know i didn't really notice anything out of the ordinary yeah uh but you know sometimes when you're really close on something it can look a lot more realistic or different than you know when it's a further out part of a larger picture you know yeah i think they just put a lot of extra detail into it when they were yeah they were showing the very very close up of of the eye yeah that's kind of where i was going like with close up you can make it more detailed so it can potentially look more realistic yeah than when you're zoomed out they did a great job they did a a great job with that cutscene, and and again like uh i love i love that they introduced cutscenes with this one and and uh and put more emphasis on that throughout the campaign so this was a really good chapter um the fact that validar shows back up and he's supposedly robin's dad which was a little like I, I forgot that note. Like he claims to be your father, mm-hmm. um, and then I I can't remember. It's probably at the end of this chapter, but like Crom is is it, or Robin's trying to think it through. Maybe it was the start of the next chapter. Either way, Robin's trying to think it through of like what's happening here, and Robin says like, "Was that my twin? And if that's my long lost twin, that's my long lost father." It would actually explain a lot. <laughs> as to what's going on and i thought that was such a um a fun not a fun realization but like a a, a funny way of trying to figure out what's going on because like on the surface like well that's clearly a twin and he says i'm his father i have amnesia so i don't know he says or crom or crom, robin says that he has some strange connection to validar that he feels he or she feels so like it's a obviously we don't know what's going on just yet in the game. I mean, if we've beaten it, we kind of I think we know. I forgot, so um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, so let's get to the next chapter, Flames on the Blue. We're going to talk about chapter 14 next. 
Marth, quote-unquote, admits she is Krom's daughter, Lucina, who has come back in time to divert the world from a grim future. They cross the sea to the Valmese continent. While they match the Valmese ships, they are outnumbered two to one when it comes to soldiers. Many ponder how they'll get through this one until someone wonders aloud what a great tactician could do with a bunch of oil and more boats than they need. So Robin decides to light half their ships on fire and send them careening into the Valmese fleet, moving all of the Elysian army into their remaining ships. They make it across the sea where they have won the battle, but the war has only started. And Mm -hmm. with this one, so the map is kind of interesting and frustrating. Uh, Eddie and I were talking pre-show about this. There's three boats uh, surrounding your boat, and there's chests to the to the right and the, and below and then to the left is the uh is is the boss you need to take out and there's a bunch of flying units so you you might be like me inclined to you know position characters to sort of defend the planks between the boats but then you might have i don't know let's say a couple mages or uh, a healer that's susceptible to damage um you have these flying units constantly being pumped into the map. So it's one of those chapters that you have to really watch uh, to the point where I lost half my team while playing. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I did overpower a handful of the characters, although um, I did one of the paralogs uh, for uh, the one I did was for specific reasons for what there was in the shop there, because I looked that up. And I lost a whole bunch of characters in that map because that had a lot of spare or a lot of upgraded characters. So even some of my um, power-leveled characters like my Robin were struggling there a bit. But, you know, it, those those flyers are frustrating. But I managed, uh, got through the chapter, and uh, like I said, I I was kind of rushing this week. I was trying to finish this before the show, and it was one of those moments where it's like, oh, my my army, I lost half my army and I'm playing on casual. And every time someone died, I was like, ah, I really should restart. But yeah. Uh, the next chapter is Smoldering Resistance. The crew lands on Volm after Robin's brilliant plan destroyed the Volmese fleet to find a one be chased uh, and run, off, run to defender. After defeating the army in the port town, it turns out the woman is Seiri and she is trying to unite the scattered resistance groups around Volm to stop Walhart. Despite her brother working for Walmart for reasons she Walhart for reasons she does not understand, he did and the Ryan that thing. That is that is not the last time you will hear him called Walmart. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, because I'm sure I'll screw that up myself if not Ryan. Oh, I leaned into it. I think that when he was added as a GHB unit, I was I just kept calling him Walmart for no reason, just because yep. so close, but. Uh, yeah, good old Walhart. Uh he is a bad dude. Um and uh but but also has the lowest prices in the land. And forgot to jot this down, but Siri's suggestion is to go try and talk to the voice of the dragon, uh a ancient dragon known as known uh not known by or the the to talk to Tiki, who is known by many as the voice of Naga. Mm. We're gonna go so, see Tiki. Yes. Actual Tiki, if I recall correctly. Cool. I'm excited. Yeah, Yeah, so chapter 16, just around the corner, we'll be able to go chat with Tiki. Um, You know, I've been, as I'm playing through these chapters, I've been really trying to push myself to use characters 
that I don't remember using heavily in my first playthrough, which was uh, we established was almost a decade ago. Um, so Seiri, which I, I thought you were mispronouncing um, uh, the Apple assistant. I was like, is your is your phone talking to you? No, uh, Seiri. I'm I, I don't remember using that character, but I'm really excited to uh, to incorporate her into the team because, again, like I don't remember using her. I think most swordsman characters kind of got left on the bench uh, in favor of knights and, and flyers. So kind of excited to uh, to do that. Um, yeah. Other than that, I while I was playing through, I upgraded and you probably have already done this, but I've upgraded uh, Robin and Krom to their higher level class and uh, as well as Sumia. Sumia hit level 20. So that's what I've been doing as they hit level 20, just using a, a master seal. So, so um, Robin has been an assassin for a while now. Hmm. Uh, Krom just finished off Cavalier and became a paladin during Chapter 15 for me. Uh, assuming it's still way back there, need to work on her some. I spent a good chunk of this time uh, pairing up people since no one was giving me suggestions. I just picked random pairings. And um, uh, specifically for the... Um, there were... Essentially, what I've been doing with all my grinding is trying to get everyone through their first tier classes, their basic classes, all three of them. So I've been trying to get a steady supply of second seals, which it's not easy considering uh, how hard they are. And it's not until chapter 16 until you get a guaranteed supply of them. Uh, however, a couple of paralogs have a guaranteed supply of them, and that's what I was doing. Uh, but So a lot of my characters are have a lot more levels than yours probably do, but they're still only like level eight or nine on the base class because they're on their third or fourth level up or level three or second or third. Yeah. My characters are kind of all over the place. I do, like I said, I I do want to devote more time to awakening and for next week, I'm going to start playing earlier so I can kind of uh, take a look at where my units are at. I mean, I need to try and uh, work through the story chapters uh, first and then worry about side stuff Mm -hmm. this week. Because uh, I just finished chapter 15 this morning myself. So because yeah. I was doing side stuff, getting those second seals and getting people married off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, we didn't do any. Well, I haven't done any paralogs. I do have one paralog available, which I'm assuming is Robin's child. That's what we established is it's whatever. Uh, yes. And um. In Fates, it was the male character who determined the child. In Awakening, it's the female character who determines the child. Uh, the only male character who is, or only male characters who are guaranteed a child are Robin and Krom. Uh, but since you have a female Robin, then, you know, Robin and Krom together, and ended up marrying Robin and Krom together, that should be Morgan, whose paralogue that is you have. Right. I have a lot more paralogs. Yes, uh, I know. The one I already did was Inigo. I haven't done any, any other since. Well, we should have some paralogs next week. I will be sure to add them. But uh, our plan for next week is to get to chapter 19. So we should have four chapters to discuss. So, yeah, look forward to that. I mean, uh, are we getting two or three? Or are you counting the paralog as one of the chapters to discuss? Yeah, I, I threw it in there. I, th- I feel like okay. we can... We, we have... 
Sorry, do we have? I have Robins. Do you have Robins available yet? Yes, I have Robins. Okay, Robin was the first one I married. I got Robin and Lisa married. Oh, off that's early right. On. That's right. That's right. Um. Oh, right. Because of Wayne, we. Yeah, you're way ahead of me in terms of in terms of access to paralogs. I'm I'm still working yes. on it. Um. Yeah. When we started this week, I had four paralog or three paralogs available. Uh, Morgan, uh, Wayne, and is it Cynthia? Uh, whoever Sumia's kid is, I can't remember I, off the top of my head. Cynthia sounds right. Yeah, but I had those three available. I have not done any of those three. I just did. I just got uh, Olivia married off and did uh, Inigo's paralog. Cool. So. Well, we will uh, we will chat more Game Club next week when we return. And uh, just as a reminder, the plan still is to do a special discussions for Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE. And of course, we'll be taking some time to discuss Fire Emblem Three Hopes when it arrives at the end of June. Uh, not an official Game Club, but uh, we will certainly chat about our experiences with the game when it arrives. So look forward to that. Uh, well, that is going to do it for our show. Uh, you can go to gamersinpodcast.com slash fay for more episodes. You can find our whole back catalog there. You can also email the show fay at gamersinpodcast.com. Check out the Fire Emblem channel in the Gamers In Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at rmurphy, Eddie at Drowfear. And don't forget to follow at the Gamers In for show updates. Be sure to check out serenesforest.net, our go-to resource for Fire Emblem news and information. It's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week, and happy summoning. Mm-hmm.